Yo, what's up, guys? This is Donald, a.k.a. D-Bot from the West Box Board Podcast, along with my co-host, Alex. What's up, brother? What's up, D-Bot? Thanks so much, guys, for listening and downloading our show. Before we get started, I got to ask you to please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Screenshot and tag us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at West Box Score. Our social links will also be in the show notes. D-Bot, we're going to talk some soccer, man. We are. It's awesome. <laughs> got to give a shout out to Sunny and Mono. Uh, he's on Twitter and Instagram at the Fox Crate. Check out his podcast along with Primo Rick. Also, we have an ever-growing Discord group. Check out that invite link in our show notes. Shoutouts to Big Money Matt Paz, Billy Delgado, Nehon Galdames, Parker McDaniels, Brianna Flores, JV Ortiz, Rick Esparza, and Clipper Pablo, who's also on there. Clipper Pablo, who let him in there? <laughs> and finally, check out Sailor Brews Coffee, man. They are supporters of this show and a place where motivation meets coffee. They're a local roaster out there in Pasadena focused on single origin Ethiopian coffee and luxury coffee such as Jamaica Blue Mountain. They stand for positive motivation or advocates for appreciating and experiencing coffee for how it's meant to be with no additives that allows you to taste coffee for what it is without outside an artificial influence. Sailor Brew Coffee helping you sail through the day storms. Safe sales. Be sure to uh, put our code WBS10 to get 10% off your first order. Also, we have an affiliate link that is in our show notes. Be sure to click that link. That helps out this podcast you're listening to right now. And with that, guys, we got all that stuff out the way. <laughs> Let's get into the show. <laughs> Thank you for bearing with us. <laughs> Yo, D-Bot, you ready to talk some soccer? Oh, hell yeah, man. A lot of soccer <laughs> to talk about. Dude, uh, this is going to be a long podcast, so uh, sit back, crack open a uh, <laughs> cold beverage, and get ready to hear us yap about the ever-crazy world of soccer, football, yeah, exactly. in, uh, around the world, but soccer in the United States, but yeah. we'll call it football for this. Uh, we got to talk about our hometown, LA Galaxy, first. Because yeah. obviously, D-Bot and I are both Galaxy supporters. We don't care. Sonny Mano will talk about LAFC in a moment. Just stand, st sit back, sit back, chill out. Uh, <laughs> our LA Galaxy came back home uh, last weekend. And uh, it was after a tough road trip, man. <laughs> they they yeah. got one point out of three games on the road. But mm -hmm. uh, it was to be expected, right? Those three yeah. games on the road, uh, yes, they were against teams not so good near the bottom of the table. Yeah. But the Galaxy weren't at 100% where they debut. No, they were not. They were not. Obviously, a lot of these guys got a lot of their. Well, Chicharito's hurt. It feels Since like he July got forced, man. I wanted to say he got called up to the Gold Cup, but no, <laughs> he was hurt. It, it feels like he got called up, though, with the amount of time he's been missing. But he's out, and the team looked um, pretty flat in his absence. It just felt like you could tell they depend on him a lot. Um, and then Yona Dos Santos being also called up, got called up to the Gold Cup, uh, Sebastian Leje getting called up. So it just felt like um, there were some holes in this in this, mm -hmm. in this this squad that were were needed to be filled, and, and they really weren't. I think the last time we spoke on the Galaxy was the Vancouver lost. Um, right. Sonny and I were able to speak on that, um, which was really embarrassing because Vancouver was at the bottom of the table, and then they took this they loss. They were winless at the time. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And then they lost this game two to one, 
And then um, they go on, they play Real Salt Lake in Utah because that's where Vancouver's playing right now is at the Real Salt Lake Stadium. So they have to stay in um, Utah for the rest of the week to play Real Salt Lake. And they actually managed to squeak out a draw, (laughs) um, which felt like nothing at one point. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. And it just felt like it felt like a like a win for the most part, because they it just felt like that after that that loss to Vancouver, it just made you feel like what's going on with the squad. Like they're just they don't look like there's depth anymore. So obviously you kind of feel a little hopeful with this team that at least if they could draw against like these teams that are not hundred percent like in the top of the table, that they should be fine, right? And then they go and they they play against Dallas mm. and they get <laughs> and they get clobbered. And yeah. then you're thinking like, oh my gosh, this team is not good. Like the gold cup needs to end it now. Um, I, I need both the U S and, and and Mexico to be eliminated right away in the quarter fight in the, in the round of 16, you know what I mean? Like this, right. these guys need to come home. It just felt weird. And for the most part, it was a little disappointing, but you and I, we got to attend that glorious game that yes. took place on Saturday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Before we and before we talk about that game uh, where the Galaxy hosted Portland, we got to give a shout out to FC Dallas's Ricardo Pepe, eighteen years old, scoring a hat trick. Oh yeah! I mean, man, yeah. that's that's super nuts. So congratulations <laughs> to that kid, man. Even though the Galaxy were on the wrong end of, of that bit of history footnote. Yeah. Um. But of course, Galaxy had to come home hosting Portland. Portland's tough always. Of I course. Think the, they they had lost Galaxy at that point had lost three straight to them, and it's just how are they going to respond after mm-hmm. that tough that tough road uh road uh trip that they had? So how did they respond, Divot? Yeah, they did really well. Uh-huh. I was surprisingly uh-huh. well. <laughs> I was not a good start to the match though. No, not at all. Not at all. They score and then uh, Portland scores right away, like literally yeah. like the minute after. Yeah. And it was interesting because I took my nephew to this game. Mm-hmm. And he was just kind of like, oh, that was a cool goal. Um, I forgot who was the first guy that scored. Was it Rob? Ra- uh, uh, yeah, uh, Ryan Ravellison scored a bicycle yeah, kick. Man. Yeah, the bicycle kick goal, right? Uh-huh. So that happened. And then, you know, we're seeing um, we're seeing that the kickoff happens and Portland gets in. And I mean, for the most part, Portland was knocking on that door. Like they were getting yeah, in real were. easily in the beginning of the match. Like it was like, whoa, is this the kind of game we're going to be in for where like mm-hmm. the defense is not they're not clogging up the lanes. Portland's able to cut and get in. Bond's going to have to really like just save us. Um, and then they scored right away. And that's funny because my nephew, the first thing he tells me, he's like, man, the Galaxy fell asleep real fast after that goal. Like, <laughs> like it's like he was telling me like, yeah, because he plays FIFA a lot. So he's always yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it looks like they just completely felt very overconfident after that one goal. And <laughs> they, they were the like, yeah, they're not going to do anything. Like you demoralized the, tim- the Timbers right away after that one goal. And it's like, no, they got, were fired up, you know, and yeah. you guys were caught sleeping, you know. Yeah, for sure. And, and Portland answered right back. And yeah, like to your point, the first 25 minutes was all Portland, you know? Oh, like, yeah. The Galaxy didn't couldn't get anything going offensively, just and Portland was just keeping all the possession and it just had the makings of like this is gonna be a long game that's not yeah. gonna go with the Galaxy's way, especially after Portland came back and tied it a minute later after scoring. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then uh to close out the first half. When Victor Vasquez got that a nice toss into the box oh, by yeah. Julian Araujo, headed yeah. it in. It's like, all right, we're up two to one at halftime. This Galaxy yeah. team's going to turn it around and then um, hold on to this lead. Let's see how they play in the second half. Because to me, I think that's a, 
the Galaxy usually make a good second half adjustment. Their, yeah. Vanny is really good at seeing the seeing what the teams are doing in the first half, mm-hmm. and the Galaxy make good halftime adjustments. And sure enough, they did. They took out uh, Vasquez at the half, bring in Saldana, uh, in, uh, which makes total sense because Victor Vasquez apparently had some some leg issues. So okay, like it was it was kind of Vanny's hand being forced there. It makes sense because Vasquez is older. He shouldn't be out there playing ninety minutes. No, no. That being said. A guy who's older and should be playing 90 minutes is their captain right now, Sasha Kletchkin, <laughs> who gets a um, penalty shot uh, yeah. thanks to uh, Kevin Cabral getting in the box like he's always getting in the box. Okay, oh, yeah. We'll talk about Cabral in a bit, but he got in the box, drew a penalty, and Kletchkin, with ice in his veins, buries the PK. Yeah. Very nicely done. I got good video of that on Westbox Scores Instagram page. You should have checked that out. Uh, um, yeah. It was right near our seats, man. It was yeah. really awesome. And then, of course, um, Samuel Grancier mm-hmm. finally getting on the score sheet, man. Yeah. Getting nice. on there. Well-deserved, man. How great has Grancier been this year? Oh, man, really good, dude. That guy hustles and amazing. He fights for the ball. He dribbles really well. He like Comparing him to Cabral, Cabral does a lot of... I mean... There was a highlight by Cabral, which was pretty cool, where yes. he broke the dude's ankles. But mm-hmm. then, like, nothing happened after that. And there was almost an opportunity to score. But the thing is, Cabral does all this stuff, too. Like, the backward passes, kind of fancy footwork stuff, which is great. But at the same time, like, if it doesn't really lead to, like, a, a, a real open shot, then it, it really means nothing. But Grancier can do the fancy footwork thing, but he's a lot more tamed about it because I think mm-hmm. he understands, like, he needs to somehow at some point get a good look or pass it off to somebody for a good look. Um, obviously with Chicharito not being there, but I remember when he went Chicharito was there, Grancier would know how to dribble and get the mm-hmm. get the cross and whatnot. So um he's been really great at that. And then the thing is like he's a little bit thicker built. So yes. I think that's what helps is that he's like a bit of a tank. So um he's not gonna be a <laughs> exactly. pushover, which is Cabral's like a skinny, like scrawny looking dude, so he can be pushed over. Um, that's why I kind of get like, I, like, I mean, I hope this isn't Antuna all over again because that, <laughs> that would scare me. You know what I mean? Oh, but, no. Yeah. So, yeah. But overall, Cabral, I mean, he's coming together. I don't think he's, there's, there's a real issue with him. I just, I just think that it's just a matter of like, he needs to find his, you know, his rhythm better and he needs to know like how to play with the pace that we're in. But I mean, he's serviceable, but Grand Seer is definitely standing out for sure. Yeah, Granzier has really come along a lot from yeah. the first, you know, first game of the season to now. Yeah. Tank is a perfect uh, way to describe him, D-Bot. It's so yeah. funny because I went to this game uh, with my wife. This is her first time going to a Galaxy game. And she even said to me, like, oh, I was busy looking around the stadium. I didn't get to really watch much of the game. But <laughs> when she uh, when she looked down at Granzier, she's like, that guy's kind of little, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like he's shorter than everybody else. Like, well, all defenders are usually a little bit taller, and and what have you. But yeah, Grandier is is a tank is a perfect way to exp- uh to like describe him, Debot, as you said, because he is yeah he's shorter, but he's like very built, very wide, and when he dribbles, he will either dribble around defenders or go through them. Yeah, like it's really impressive how he uses his his center of gravity, his low center of gravity, mm-hmm. to go around, just kind of mope people over and just use their momentum against them. And yeah. there's been so many times, as you talked about that Cabral ankle break, where we've seen, I'm sorry, that yeah, that Cabral ankle break, where we've seen Granzier do similar situations and to get yeah. by defenders, just really make yeah. defenders look bad. And 
And we also got to give a shout out to Orajo because that that goal by Grand Zero was a clear cross into the into the box from Orajo yeah. again, and it was a clean header that Grand Zero finished. Yeah, so that was good. Th- I mean that's just Orajo is just too good for our Galaxy team. Yeah. <laughs> we, he's not here for a long time. We're just here for a good time, man. Yeah, we're just we're happy to see him right now because we're appreciative to just see him develop because he is developing right before our eyes. Yeah, as this player who is just improving. Every game, mm-hmm. and it, once he he's gotten. You remember last year, the knock for him was being too aggressive and getting yellow cards almost every match. That's true. He's yeah, yeah, cleaning yeah. that up. He's yeah, getting. He he's just getting better routes to 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 cut off the offensive to to the counter attack. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big part of the game that he's improving. Yeah. So it's just amazing to see his development this year. This yeah. Galaxy team, I think Vanny said today at the press conference that this Galaxy team hasn't even scratched the surface of how good they're going to be. And look yeah. at that third on the table right now man. yeah just like three uh, uh five points back of seattle which is seattle is is a ridiculous team right yeah so i mean they did i really feel the galaxy lost a chance to gain some ground against yeah. those bottom of the table teams on that road trip oh but of course they're gonna make it up here because they're playing those same teams at home now mm-hmm. with deep bot and i in attendance so we're gonna be loud <laughs> yeah we're gonna be helping out this yeah <laughs> Yeah, because because we're we're the difference makers, Devon. You know this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, how excited are you for this Galaxy squad with the potential they're going to have now with a legit back? And oh, we got to give a, a shout out to Yona dos Santos, man. Um, he uh, he lost his father, mm-hmm. and and that's always tough. You you play with a heavy heart, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody's different, right? Like, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine, you know, going to work after something like that. Yeah. But this guy, I guess it's more of a tribute to his father more than anything else and losing yourself in mm-hmm. the in the game that he gave you, you know, yeah. like, you know, so it's, it's, you, you guys got to give, send our condolences to Yona and his family. Yes. And, and just, just, you know, keep your head up, man. We're yeah. thinking about you, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I thought it was good. It was cool. Um, when we went to the game on Saturday that they did a moment of silence mm-hmm. for his father. That was very touching. Um, even Jonathan Bond put it on Instagram, I think, or it was on social media. I think it was both Twitter and Instagram. He said this one was for for Jonah, Jonathan, you know, because like the full Galaxy family felt that, you know, this is a tragic thing that just happened. And, and you know, everyone's kind of going about their day and you sometimes need to stop and think and kind of think about like someone who just lost their parent. And mm-hmm. um, I think for the most part, seeing Jonathan Dos Santos make the decision to continue playing in the Gold Cup was pretty brave for me, at least, because like you said, I'm in with you too. I, I don't think I'd be be going to work, you know? Yeah. Like, so, you know what I mean? Like, um, but, you know, the Galaxy family definitely felt it. They felt like uh, the pain and, and, and I don't know, I'm not saying that contributed to the 4-1 win, but the fact that Jonathan Bond really made it a point to say, hey, like, you know, this was for this was for you. You know, Papa Dos Santos. Um, I thought that was very powerful. Cesinho so. Dos Santos. I love that way. Also, um, after Revelson scored the mm-hmm. the bicycle kick, yeah, he came out. He ran back to the Galaxy bench and picked up a Cesinho jersey, yeah. Galaxy jersey, and yeah. a, you know, and uh, Julian Araujo picked up a Yona Dos Santos jersey, yeah. and we're showing it out to the crowd there, just like to say that goal was in 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 their honor. Yeah, exactly. So, so exactly. it, it, it was just a really classy gesture by by his club, obviously, because obviously Ga- 
Yona is our captain. Exactly. And just any any time that anybody in sports is playing through a tough situation like that, you you got to um, admire that because as yeah. Simone Biles would tell you, mental health is everything. Exactly. I mean, as anybody would tell you, <laughs> mental health yeah. is anything, everything, dude. Yeah. And so if you're not in that right mindset to perform, then you're not going to be able to. So I never, exactly. uh, you got to give people credit when they are in the right mental mindset to perform their, their, their jobs at a high level. And, and so that you, we just can't not praise Yona enough for per- performing still well mm-hmm. with the Mexican national team mm-hmm. just hours after his father's passing, yeah. which, which is, which is amazing. The mental strength and just the mental focus and clarity and just wanting to do being right emotionally mm-hmm. and obviously everybody grieves differently so we just gotta um, uh, be astonished by yona and exactly and give him the support that he needs to, to continue on man so uh galic that's our really our galaxy talks so now we got to move on to uh to our lafc talk for sunny and mono um so <laughs> i i actually was at uh on uh the two days prior to the galaxy match mm-hmm. i was at the bank of california stadium yeah. again oh, second time <laughs> Trust me, i am i'm not converting as much as my cousin <laughs> shout out to my cousin joseph garcia man i love you primo and thank you for always inviting me to to go see live soccer even the wife told me like where are you going to this game like you work today all day and you're gonna go uh, <laughs> go watch a soccer game that you don't care about either team that's playing like yeah but it's live soccer and i want to see it (laughs) so of course so that's why i go to the lafc bank of california stadium it's the only reason i go dbot and all the other my other g's out there don't think that i'm ever going to convert over to lafc (laughs) that is not all the case i want to see live soccer and i don't care where i'll see it but i'm not supporting them and i tell my cousin too like I'm not there to root against LAFC. I'm really not. I try not yeah. to bring a negative energy to them. Although in the pit of my stomach, I feel a lot of disgust seeing all the LAFC supporters and I can't help but laugh. That's why I sent a picture of Papa Shango to uh, <laughs> to the text group because it's so funny, all their supporters, how they dress up and all that nonsense. Oh, to me, it's nonsense. But once again, that's, <laughs> that's not my club and I don't want to... I don't want to like hate on them at all because it it's that's not cool. I'm not about that negativity, but yeah. it's just it's just funny. I if find you want to see that, you go to PWG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I expect like I'm like am I at a wrestling show because like okay, where's uh where's Malachi Black and all that? But no, <laughs> but no, it's 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 the way they do their thing, and that's all good. Uh, so yes, I was at the uh, LAFC match on Wednesday where they played Minnesota United FC. And it's so funny because my cousin's like, we need this win today. Like we, uh, we lost, uh, we drew against, uh, uh, what was that? Uh, uh, Vancouver, right? Mm-hmm. They were down two nothing against Vancouver at home. Yeah. And came back to, to, to tie. But that game prior, man, was another tough one. They were in Portland, tied 1-1, and mm-hmm. they were holding on for that draw in yeah. Portland, which was impressive to get. Yeah. To get me wrong, we've heard that chainsaw in Portland. Yeah, you remember, Devon, earlier yeah, it's in the year, we hate it. <laughs> we yeah. hate that damn chainsaw. Yeah. And what happens in the 93rd minute? Portland clean the header and yeah. they win it, man. Amazing. Mora. 90 <laughs> plus three. That's insane, man. Isn't it though? <sighs> you hate you hate the, the, those dagger goals when they're against <laughs> your team, man. <laughs> hey, you hate to see it. But not when it's against LAFC, man. Look, I'm sorry. I'm giving you crap. I know. I know, man. You do hate to see it, man. That's rough. But you come back and you expect a better performance out of it. And what do you get? 
You go down two nothing at home to Vancouver. Yeah, that's that's tough. But you battle back. You battle back. You get a draw. Yeah. Good for you guys at home. Now cut to Wednesday night. LAFC hosting Minnesota United FC five versus six on the table, I believe. Yeah. And with LA, uh, a Gal- uh, LAFC's chance to tie the Galaxy on the table, by the way, jump mm-hmm. up to number three. And um, LAFC scores first, of course. Vela, whenever I'm there, Vela scores. It's like oh, he knows shit. I'm there. He Uh-oh. puts on the show for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I do root for Vela when I'm there. I want to see Vela. I, I, dude, Vela's an amazing player. Yeah, I've always is. said this. Really good. So I, I like to see him play. I'm amazed by him all the all the time, and a lot of the LSC guys are really good. Yeah, they are. They have good. They have a good squad over there. Um, so they're up to one nothing. Minnesota comes back, ties ties it up at one, and LAFC comes right back two to one, and it looks like they got and they score like in the 80th minute, right? Yeah, and it's like okay, they're gonna hold on for 10 minutes. They got it. Now they now they add extra time. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they had extra time, Yee. but then one of their guys goes down. LAFC's defender goes down and needs to be uh, carted off or oh, walked off. You know, the medic comes in, everything. And I love it. The ball's are at around midfield, and LAFC fans are, are yelling for the whistle, for the whistle, the whistle. Yeah. They're not taking into account that this player had to be, you know, looked at and walked off. Yeah. Now, Minnesota, of course, what happens? They score in 90 plus five. Oh, What's shoot. upsetting the gal? No, the, the what, why the LAFC fans are mad because they added four minutes of stoppage time. Oh, shoot. how can you score in four, 90 plus five? What the hell? Blah, blah, blah. I know this is not how soccer works, or maybe it isn't, Sonny. You tell me yeah. when you, it's a minimum of four minutes of stoppage time. And then you also have to account that there's now more stoppage because this player is getting walked off. Med- looked at medically and has to be walked off. Mm. So you would add a little bit more time, wouldn't you? Diva? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, you do. Usually, when things like this happen in in extra, stoppage time, in stoppage time, I should say, um, you have to account for it. I know it's kind of a bummer because you know at some point, but that's the rule, man. Like, I mean, these are unexpected things that are happening, so um, you have to account for that. So, of course, they have to add like an extra five minutes, at least five minutes, if there is like an injury where it's like mm-hmm. a a carting off of a player. Um, it's just it's just what has to happen. But yeah. it, it is a bummer because if you think about it, if it doesn't happen, game's over, you win. Yeah. But it did. And that's, that's just That's the key. Kinda... If it doesn't happen, yes, there wouldn't be an extra minute or two because they added like an extra two minutes. Mm. He wasn't carted off, but he, the medic, the doctor had to come take a look at him. They had yeah. to like eventually get him up, stretch him out and get him up and walk him off. And yeah. because of that, that adds an extra minute or two. It, yeah. it's, it's obvious. Yeah. And... I love how typical LA fans, and this is not just LAFC fans. There's a lot of LA fans who do this. They start throwing stuff onto the field. Uh-oh. Like, of course, like they're just so upset by this. Oh, wow. By the extra two minutes of stoppage time. <laughs> this could have been our three points. And no, they took it away from the goddamn refs. They took it away from us. E. That's just not how soccer works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's oh, rough. Man. But LAFC made some moves as well, right? LAFC made a couple of moves. Uh, Corey Baird was uh, traded over to the Houston Dynamo. Um, and Mark Anthony Kay was traded to the Colorado Rapids, which was interesting because Kay was actually in the ca- Canada squad for the Gold Cup. So mm-hmm. kind of an interesting feeling knowing that you're playing for your country and then they're doing a transaction for you in, in the local club. 
But at the same time, the LAFC just announced today that uh, they signed Colombian forward Cristian Arango. Um, so we'll see what he brings to the table for this LAFC squad. Um, I I haven't watched enough LAFC to kind of know what is it that they're lacking. If there is something that they're lacking, I don't know. I mean, I know the fans want the you know LA like anyone. They we all want our teams to be the number one team. Mm-hmm. So obviously, them being a number five, it is a little like kind of concerning. I, I'm assuming a lot of LAFC fans want at least LAFC to get home field advantage come playoff time. Mm-hmm. So they're not too far from that. So we'll see what happens with these uh, acquisitions and these roster moves that they did. Uh, but again, we'll see what happens. Hopefully this isn't just so that Bob Bradley saves his job because <laughs> I think that dude needs to go if for whatever reason uh, LAFC doesn't get anything going here in the postseason. <laughs> yeah, this must be a move that's looking toward the future uh, with the, with LAFC because um, it, it was a... It was a 5-3-2 formation that they played uh, against uh, Minnesota. Mm. And you think of that midfield and you think you see Blessing out the West of Cincuentes, mm-hmm. then Valen Rossi up front. So, and it's just, okay, so where, where, where are the weaklings? It's back there on the back line, quote unquote, because the backs are good. You got Moon uh, Kim out there on the on the left side and Palacios mm-hmm. on the right Palacios, side. Yeah. And then uh, Blackman's uh, in the, like, the other uh, a left back and Mourinho is uh, is the uh, is the is a, a center back and Ferran is also uh, a center back there and of the three so it's just uh, um it, it's an interesting interesting look that, that why they would bring in this Colombian player this has to be a future thing because Alto West and Rossi are not long for MLS as well Alto mm-hmm. West is really good midfield is a really good midfielder Rossi is a, a a player that can finish and should really get looked at by more European clubs, I think, because yeah. he, he's he's a a, a, a goal scorer, goal, former Golden Boot winner. Yeah, exactly. Let's not, let's not forget that. That's so true. Th- this LAFC team, they, I mean, we give them a lot of crap on here because we're Galaxy fans, but you also have to acknowledge the fact that they have a good club over there. No, so that's what we always do. We're fair and balanced on this podcast, Sonny. <laughs> fair and balanced. Um, <laughs> That's us. <laughs> hey, not to be outdone by this acquisition, uh, LAFC made the Galaxy are, are also rumored to be making an acquisition of their own. Oh. A backup striker, right? That's true. They've been needing something like that because without Chicharito, it's been cool seeing them win 4-1. But, you know, again, like it, it feels like a mashup. Like they had to lose like two games and, and draw one game in order to finally fi- figure out like, oh, shoot, we have to be the ones that score. Like, and I think they definitely need a backup striker because um, Chicharito being out for this long, uh, there, there definitely needs to be somebody that can at least do what he has to do in terms of a, fish, a finisher. You know what I mean? Because that's what we've, we've been lacking. We've been lacking a finisher. So, um, I mean, Ravelson has been our finisher these it, last couple of games, and he's really enough, not intended right? to be. He can't. Yeah, he's pretty much scored every game except the first one that he started in. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of surprising. I mean, how many goals is he at now? Like, he, he's at four now. Four now, four. right? Yeah. He's at four goals. It's like almost halfway through what Chicharito has. Chicharito has 10 for the year. Oh, so. that's right. We got to update our golden boot race now with, uh, with four goals now for Ravelison yeah. and 10 for Chicharito, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, uh, we, it's a it's a young Serbian 21-year-old that we're expecting who is supposedly, according to Galaxy rumors on Galaxy Twitter, that he is in L.A. today to sign paperwork. Oh, shoot. So we, we we may be getting our our secondary striker, which will be our fill-in striker, 
But from what I'm hearing, he is going to come in today, sign paperwork and go through the physical, but then have to leave and come back in over with the visa, which means he may not be coming back until September. Mm. So, I mean, as much as help is on the way, it's typical with all these these transfers that have come in, like yeah. the Cabral and Ravellison, who who take a while to to get put through. So, it's probably going to be another month before we get that that uh, our backup striker that we're supposed to be getting, Dejan Jovalik, twenty uh, one year old Serbian striker from uh, played in the uh, in in Germany in Bundesliga. Mm, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right for Frankfurt, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, and I. And I guess because, you know, Pipo Gonzalez being announced that he is going to be on loan definitely opens up this spot for this guy to come in. For sure. So as of right now, we're expecting to get our striker, but soon. Um, but yes, we're going to get back our reinforcements from the Gold Cup, as we talked about. And yes. we got to talk about the Gold Cup now <laughs> uh, because <laughs> the final uh, was a couple hours ago, a few hours ago from when we're recording this now. And man, USA versus Mexico Gold Cup final. You, you, you couldn't script it any, any better, right? CONCACAF. No. But that's kind of like what always happens. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it always happens. Yeah. And I mean, Clipper, shout out to Clipper Pablo. He even said, why are they having the tournament? You know, it's going to be USA and Mexico in the final again. <laughs> but it wasn't an easy road. And it's mainly because um, Mexico's playing with the... Not their A squad. Let's yeah, give this give give this yeah. realization. They're, yeah. they're, they sent a, a Mexican squad to the Olympics, which we'll talk about in a bit. And also the USA not playing with their A squad either. I no. mean, a lot of their players are, are in Europe right now. Yeah. This is mainly the MLS uh, uh, <laughs> all-stars of the national team, right? Yeah, pretty much it is. Um, and I think that it, it's... I don't know. I don't know what you make of this. I feel like... This is where the CONCACAF really needs to figure out their schedule with these tournaments because we just had the Nations League like a month before, mm-hmm. which is when both the A squads for both teams were there. And it felt really good to see your national team be represented by the best for this right. one huge tournament. And then like a month later, it's the Gold Cup. And I want to, I, you know, I want to believe that this is just as big as the Nations Cup. It's I mean, not as an bigger. As an, you know what I mean? Maybe bigger because it's 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 been around longer for right. sure. But the CONCACAF schedules it like a month after and like our best players have to go back to their, you know what I mean? The European soccer is around the corner. And it's like, that's not cool because then you're watching these B squads go at it. And yeah, it kind of, it is kind of cool, but then you see it and you could tell there's a difference in style and, and, and in talent. Like, and I don't know. I don't mean this is the thing. This is why UEFA is as dominant as they are. They have the Premier League. I mean, they have the Champions League for like everybody that loves big club soccer. And it's completely way off from the Euro 2020 where like it doesn't overlap that way. You're going to see Ronaldo won in both these things, in both these tournaments. You know what I mean? Um, and I think even when they have their Nations League, it's scheduled in a whole different time frame where it doesn't interfere with the Euro, so then you still see Messi, I mean, not Messi, but you still see Ronaldo, you still see, you know, Harry Kane being represented by their countries in all these tournaments, and I think it was kind of a bit of a flub that Kanker did this so soon, but like you said, and I know this is kind of like an off point from the Gold Cup in the final, <laughs> which I know, is what you, but this is the stuff that's been in my head. No, of because, course, yeah. I mean, again, the game was cool, definitely was like 
I mean, pretty intense for being like a nil-nil draw till the end and going into extra time. But it just felt like it didn't have to if we had like the better squats representing themselves. And it would have been like a cooler rematch type of thing. But it is what it is. It was at Vegas. It was crazy. It was like filled with like Mexico fans. They were really there representing. And I thought that for the most part, it was cool to see the Raider Stadium kind of look. It looks new. You could tell like it's like, <laughs> oh, it looks fancy. Um, it's and a then, cheaper version of SoFi Stadium. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the Allegiant Stadium, they call yeah. it. <laughs> Such an interesting name. Right. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, then the, the U.S. pulled it off. And I guess it's cool that they won it, but it just felt like, I don't know, for me, it was kind of like, eh. Yeah, to your point, and just the discrepancy of talent of from Nations League to Gold Cup. And just look at the scores, right? This was a one nil extra time, you know, extra time. Both games went to extra time. Yeah. Which just shows you how competitive these matches are when it's yeah. Mexico versus USA. And it's always going to be that way, no matter if it's the A or the Z squad. Yeah. Always going to be that way. But both matches, of course, go into extra time. Both and But the score line, one nil, as you said, for this Gold Cup final, it was 3-2. Uh, uh, for Nations the Nations League. League. Yeah. Because of that talent and yeah. they're able to find the back of the net. There were chances on both sides. Yeah. Where this yeah. could have easily been a 3 2, another swinging it any way you want. 3 2. But it wasn't because the finish wasn't there. Like, and defensively, I thought USA played really well. So it made yeah. me think, like, okay, are defensively the USA really that good? Or is it just Mexico just like not c- capitalizing on, on their. On their on their finishes for for what reason other than the talent like they well I mean they made it to the final but they weren't really lighting up the the the, the score sheet uh prior I yeah. mean they they edged out they edged out Canada they edged out I mean they edged, they edged out everybody to get there really they didn't they didn't really run rough shop over anybody I mean yeah. I think honestly one uh, it was maybe Honduras was, yeah yeah uh, or, uh, it was the only team that they really like won three nil. Yeah, 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 that's true. In, in the first knockout stage. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like, they really, they had a tough time with everybody. Yeah, <laughs> they, they did. did. It's uh, it, uh, In the group stage against El Salvador, that was a tough a tough win for them. Yeah. And they w- nearly lost that group to El Salvador. Yeah, and Trinidad. Oh, well, the Trinidad. And see, that's another thing too. Had Chuck Lozano not gotten injured in that first match, mm-hmm. this could be a whole different outcome. This was, because that was the whole thing from this this whole tournament. Uh, this was Mexico's tournament to lose, right? That was yeah. the whole thing. Because yeah. Mexico sending out their A squad, right? That was the thing. Because Mexico's only really sent three big starters over to the Olympics. And the rest are our young players. Shout out to Sunny Demano for giving us that, that intel there. Mm-hmm. And... um. So if that's the case, right, they're not playing with a full A squad as it were, right? Because no. you missing three key players yeah. will make a big difference. Look yeah. look at our LA Galaxy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, don't look at LAFC because they have all their full players over there. But yeah, I don't know why they keep drawing. <laughs> right, D-Bot? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um yeah, dude, it's just it's just it's just crazy to see you you were expecting a more dominant performance from Mexico. And I mean, I guess in a way it's a developmental thing, right? Because at the same time, like they're trying to save all their best players for the um, World Cup qualifiers that are going to be around the corner too. But I just this is where I get bothered with the CONCACAF because it's like you guys could have scheduled this stuff a lot better where we could have seen dope, you know, the dope squats go at it all the time. But it is what it is. I mean, I think for the most part, it's cool. It's cool to see USA win it. I mean, mm-hmm. Mexico won it last time. I think the only reason why it looks so dominant right now with USA winning is because they won the Nations League. So yeah. it was kind of like that back-to-back. 
I don't know when the last time something like this happened. I forgot. I was listening to a pod and they did say 2007, that, I think. They yeah, said. where they won like the back to back against Mexico. So it was cool to see them. And win it's it. never been for a, a trophy like this. No, no, exactly. So it was it was really huge. It's huge for the country. It makes it obviously it being all MLS guys on the US side just makes you feel like, OK, this is why the MLS you know, has something going on for itself. Uh, but, you know, what I mean, it's it was cool. I mean, overall, I thought it was it was a cool final. It was good to watch. It was definitely an event. So I loved it, you know. Yeah, and I, and this show really shows you in CONCACAF's uh, pecking order, this is still their number one trophy as opposed to Nations League because I don't remember Nations League having that uh, pregame, uh, you know, performance like the way they did uh, uh, for this Gold Cup final, right? Yeah. They had the whole performance, yeah, yeah. pyro and all that stuff. And I don't know if they're just showcasing the stadium or what have you, but they had some yeah. pyro before for that performance and then pyro as they got their trophy presentation. Yeah, that's So that true. just shows you how big this Gold Cup trophy is. Yeah. So definitely congratulations to the United States. They they took advantage of their chances they got. Mm-hmm. Right, I still think maybe he was offside. I still, yeah. <laughs> I still think Robinson was, was offside. If we go to that the Premier League VAR yeah. man, where they put that line out there, yeah, he dude. was over. He his shoulder was over the line. He was offside. But that's Premier League. That's MLS, UEFA, you know? dude. That's, <laughs> that's a UEFA. that's that's a that's when you have that money, you could do that stuff. Concacaf <laughs> is is prison rules, so. <laughs> 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 they don't even give red cards out, man, no, dude. And that deserve a little bit of a red the, card there. So the ref think, was not trying to call a PK at all. Dude, and then the handballs, they were missed, too. <laughs> yeah. Dude, United States fans, stop it on Twitter. Those, <laughs> you know that those were handballs, man. They, those were freaking they were handballs. Not, I was like, the oh, box. the ref doesn't want to... Because he knows if he does a PK, that's it. Like, you're now swinging the game in one yeah. way or the other. And they didn't want to feel like they were responsible for that. So they just let things fly in the box. Like... Do whatever you want in the box. <laughs> Goddamn refs. <laughs> Goddamn refs. But don't worry. Liga Mekis is going to get some revenge in that MLS All-Star game. I'll oh, tell yeah. you that much. Right, I'm calling that right now. Yeah. USA win your trophies. That's cool. The Liga Mekis is going to win a meaningless All-Star game. Yeah. So don't you worry. Didn't you say it was the MLS versus Cruz Azul? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. A lot of those, uh, uh, it's Cruz Azul with Memo Ochoa in net. <laughs> and there's some good uh, Tigres and Pumas players in there as well, man. Yeah. But it's a lot. Hey, man, Cruz Azul, shout out to uh, Rick Esparza. He has a squad right there in Cruz Azul, man, yeah. for sure. That, I mean, they won uh, the tournament last, uh, the, the what is it called? The Guardians Cup. It was oh, a yeah, Guardians they did. tournament. Yeah. Uh, they just won yeah. the Campeon de Campeones. That's right. Here that's at Dignity. Right. And then I think they're playing Columbus Crew next. Uh, Ooh, in the League's Cup. Yeah, that's going to be interesting, man. Oh, man. So much soccer this summer. We're still not done yet with this episode, man. We no, still got man. The Olympics to talk about. As I mentioned, that Mexico has sent out a squad to, to, uh, for the men's side. But before we get into that, the women's uh, side of uh, soccer in the Olympics. Big, big news out there, right, Dibot? Yeah. So the U.S. women were, uh, I guess you could say, eliminated from <laughs> contending for the gold in the uh, Olympics um, over in Tokyo, Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost to Canada 1-0, 1-0 in the semifinal. And it was on, uh, it was on a penalty kick. Um, oh, wow. It was, it, was, it was insane to see how flat this U.S. women's team looks, given how dominant that roster has been for like a long time now, like years, mm. probably close to a decade, if not. And it just feels like it was, you know, and obviously there's, there's, 
there's some controversy similar to the U.S. Uh, goal where the women felt that uh, maybe it shouldn't have been called a penalty, that the ref just kind of, you know, overstepped it and everything. But, you know, for the most part, what happened happened. And at the end of the day, you could have put this team away if you chose to because you're the U.S. women's team. And U.S. women's team tends to be very dominant, very controlling. Um, but you didn't. So, um, you know, you gave up a, a PK and then that was it. And now they're going to be playing against Australia for the bronze medal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how they're going to feel about that because it feels weird to say women's soccer and bronze, but that's, that's what's <laughs> happening, man. But, you know, I did see uh, I did see the, the highlights of this game because I know it happened like around one in the morning or two in the morning. Right. Yeah, one in the morning. So and then um, I did I did see uh, a little bit more of the game before that, which was the. Uh, uh, against Netherlands, mm. uh, where they won it in in penalty kicks uh, right. after after extra time, but uh, yeah, man, I will say that the the U.S. squad, man, I I know that a lot of it has to do with just uh, they brought in all their older veterans for this team. Mm. They could have gone younger with some of the uh, NWSL uh, players, um, and I, I I freaking love the NWSL highlights, man. Like the way they like make these goals are insane. The way they juke people and Mm-hmm. Get these nice curls into the box, and the you know go- goalie can't do anything. I'm like, yeah, you see, there's talent out there they could have brought, but they went with the you know they went with the the known names, you know, the Rapino, Lloyd, uh, Alex Morgan, and it just feels like this loss was a big like kind of you know big sign that says like mm. the end of the era, and wow. I think for the U.S. women, if they don't. Um, get like you know if they don't if they don't build up the program fast enough they're they're probably going to be losing like this more because that netherlands team looked really good sweden looks really good france Mm -hmm. did not get to compete in this in this olympics but france the french women have been really great and you're starting to see these european national teams really start pumping in resources for these women i saw that yesterday uh la masia from which is barcelona's academy now is accepting women in their Mm -hmm. academy so you're starting to see spain you know, England, Sweden, um, France really pump like resources behind their women. And I think that uh, it, it, it just feels like the women, U.S. women have to really make sure they can counter that. Like because it, it feels like it's drawing closer to that time where where they might be, you know, in the past. Dan, d with a hot take here claiming already uh, putting the tombstone on on U.S. women's soccer. I don't dude. want to, though. On but the women's national it feels team. like it, man. It on feels the like it. Wow, man, dude. It's, it felt like I was at an obituary, man. I felt like I was at their wake, dude. They're, <laughs> they're dead and gone now, dude. Or you know what it is? It reminds me a lot of Ronda Rousey. And I'll yeah. tell you why. It's Ronda Rousey was just the top of her game. Nobody can touch her until the division caught up to her. Yeah. Right? Until there was more ta- female talent out there who who were just as talented and they adapted to her style and they, they ended up being her. And now look at Ronda Rousey. You, we always give her that respect for being a pioneer for, for the sport of mixed martial arts for women. Yeah. And I think the United States women's national team is going to be in that similar situation where they're always going to be looked at as those women who stood up for, for rights for women's sport, women's football and why we have to, they were so dominant for so long and we're always going to look at them as pioneers. 
but the division, the sport of women's football is going to catch up to them and they are going to be left as dinosaurs in the past because they're not going to adapt. Like you said, they didn't bring the younger talent like they should have. They should have. Yeah. And exactly. And I know that there's a stat out there that says that, um, no women has been able to, none of the women national teams have been able to win the World Cup and the Olympics the mm. following year. Like, it's been really hard. Like, usually you, you will, if you win the World Cup, you'll lose the Olympics. Um, so at the same time, we could make the argument that they were really trying to achieve the impossible. Mm. Um, but I just feel like for the most part, there was an opportunity there for them to have a better squad out there. But, you know, they ran with who they ran with. They ran with the reliables, the trusted ones. But the thing is, is like you said, these other national teams brought in like some heavy firepower because again, they're just catching up catching to them. Up. And, you know, even props to Canada for winning because even the Canadian men in the Gold Cup, you know what I mean? Like, um, I mean, not in the, yeah, like in the- In they, the Gold Cup, yeah. Yeah, in the Gold Cup, like they were there too. So there's something going on in Canada where they're really mm-hmm. putting resources behind their their national guys and their and their women. And it's in, it's crazy to see. And I think it's great because it's going to set up for 2026, which, you know, it'd be cool to have like the three CONCACAF teams that are going to be hosting in Mexico, USA, and Canada be the more dominant teams for sure. Exactly. Like you want the host countries to have good squads, right? Yeah. Just to perform well because you never know. It, not since what, 1998 has the host country in France won the World Cup on their own, you know, has a host country won the World Cup. Yeah. So it's like, is there a chance? Like, I love all the United States Twitter. It's like, oh, go, first stop, Gold Cup. Next stop, World Cup. It's like, yeah. <laughs> chill out. <laughs> chill out. Yeah. But it, it's fun to be have a competitive team. Right. It's just yeah, fun to exactly. even dream that to even just have the 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 the, the capabilities to win some some big matches. Yeah, that's exactly. really what you want from That's what makes you an that's what makes an exciting World Cup. Right. Yeah. That's why Mexico's as Mexico fans were always like, oh, we made it to the round of 16. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> and yeah. And then what happens happens. Yeah. <laughs> But speaking of Mexico, man, uh, the men's uh, Olympic side is going on to where they're playing in the semifinal for for a chance to go to the gold medal game. But they got to uh, they got to get past Brazil first, man. Yeah. And I really wish uh, we had our boy Rick Esparza on the podcast right now because he's been watching all these games, dude. Yeah. He's been ta- ta- <laughs> talking to us about this. So from what I can understand, and as, as Sonny Amano mentioned, it's all young guys who are at this pretty much the U22s, essentially. Mm-hmm. And with the exception of, you know, Memo, Lianes, and and and, and I want to say, uh, oh, Alexis Vega. For, oh, my Chivas. So, um so really, that's that's it's all the the young young guys out there. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's bad if there's a cheat West player on that squad. But here they are <laughs> in the semifinal against Brazil, man. Which Brazil, I don't think I don't. I, they didn't say Neymar. It's all these young guys. But yeah. Brazil's always got a squad, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You gonna stay up for this one? I will not be up at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I will catch all the highlights. I'll try to avoid spoilers. Yeah. But um. I don't know, man. I don't know about this, but <laughs> what I love is the Mexico players have said they're not scared of Brazil. Yeah. So they've been saying all the right things in the media, pumping themselves yeah. up for this game. So, I mean, once again, I, I, I get baited in this all the time, man, as a sports <laughs> fan. Like, oh, this is it. This is it. They're going to get some gold. They couldn't win the gold cup, but maybe they'll get the gold medal, you know? Yeah. But, but uh, I don't know, man. It's always tough. Mexico versus Brazil is always like a big matchup. But yeah, uh, exactly. I mean, it doesn't get any easier because in the MI- other semifinal, Japan, the host country mm-hmm. against Spain. Spain. Oh, man. man. 
See, four o'clock in the morning, maybe I could get up early. I don't know if I could stay up late. <laughs> that's that's how old I am. I, I can't get up, I can't stay up late. I could probably get up early. Yeah. <laughs> that, that comes with age, man. Showing yeah. my age here. What do you think is gonna happen in this uh in I mean, it'd be cool. Semifinals? It'd be cool to see Mexico um, you know, advance. I think that you know, if the Olympics is cool, like man, like getting a gold medal means something. It's like a global, it's a global trophy, man. Like I mean, for as much as the gold cup is dope, like a gold cup is only for like people here in the Concacaf, like people in the Caribbean and Central America, Latin America, North America, like we're the only ones that kind of care about it. You know what yeah. I mean? You go to the, you take this gold cup trophy to like Japan or like Spain, they're like, oh, that's cool, like. But you take a gold medal, it, it it's a worldwide, like it's a worldwide recognition you're getting. You know what yeah. I mean? You beat other teams in other countries in, around the world, you know? You're not just beating like the teams in your in your region. So I think this would be better. I think this would be a lot bigger to me. Yeah. It, it's tough for me because I, ha- I, I, I know the Olympics are a big deal, but I feel a certain way about the Olympic Committee, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is a whole other different to- topic of conversation. But we could also go down, down that rabbit hole, too, with FIFA and that whole thing. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, that's all sports, man. Look at us, right? Yeah. Every, every, every sports organization has their own bit yeah. of corruption. Just I just complained it. about the CONCACAF to begin with. So, <laughs> I mean, come on. We could go down Major League Baseball, too, Rob Manfred, <laughs> and talk about how corrupt you guys are over there, too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, but let's talk about the positives, man. And like you said, how great a gold medal would be to accomplish that. And let's let's uh, also normalize the U.S. women. Winning a bronze medal is cool too, man. Yeah, I know they're exactly. bummed out. They're playing for a bronze medal. Yeah, but dude, meddling in any Olympic uh, sport is is amazing. It it's is an accomplishment. It is. So you got to go out there and try to still win your bronze medal because that's it's still an impressive feat. And I really hope the women do it. Yeah, for sure, man. Me too, man. So good luck to the United States women's national mm-hmm. team. Good luck to it. Three out yep. there, two against Brazil. Yeah. D-Bot, that's all for our soccer talk this week, yeah. man. That's it for us this week. See ya. Later. <laughs>